Hey everyone, just a friendly reminder, if you want this week's epic sweet, sweet prize, you're going to need that secret word. Enjoy the show. Because I think we once discussed the movie Twins and how my brother is taller, darker, and thinner than me with a whole head of hair, and he looks Mexican, and then I'm like, me? I'm like a little bit short, splotchy white guy with no hair. (laughs) Aaron kind of looks like... <clears throat> the poor man's Adrian Brody. I don't see it. Just look at him next time. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you don't look at him when he comes around. <laughs> I avert my eyes. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Welcome back to Two Guys, a movie and a podcast. Off All Day Edition. That's right. We're going to be discussing a whole feature length movie, and it's going to be a great time. And you're gonna that's a horrible intro. I feel like I, I feel like I'm off on that. I'm gonna try one more time. Okay. Yeah. I really should just write this stuff down. You're like, and we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Welcome back to Two Guys, a movie. God damn you. <laughs> but I thought it was awful day at Two Guys. Movie. It's I we I'm pretty sure we had this discussion for the Red Sea diving resort as well i'm I'm sticking with two guys a movie and a podcast off all day edition yeah (laughs) well whether you like it or not welcome back to two guys a movie and a podcast off all day edition where every month we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched or even worse, unnoticed. My name is Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care one way or another. I am uh, Malcolm. You can call me Malcolm or you can call me Mac. But I prefer Mac, not Malcolm. (laughs) Oh, man. There was a day when you said that I was mean for calling you Mac. What? Yeah, it, that's not true. It is. It <clears throat> it was like the beginning of an episode. That's not true. Yeah, it is true. I'm gonna go back and listen to it. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna stick it right. As always, here. I'm the Mandalorian, <laughs> aka Mandarin, <laughs> or you can call me Malcolm or Mac, as T likes to call me because he's mean. <laughs> you told me when we started this. That Mac was what people call you. Not so, anymore. So I called that you. That was a different line. So I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, like last year. <laughs> See, I told you, that's exactly what you said. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so the way this works is we're going to talk about a movie. <laughs> we're probably going to talk about more than just the movie, and it's going to cover a crazy amount of topics. You, our faithful listener, probably, hopefully. Singular. Mr. No Time for Movies, shout out to you because is it no time for movies? It's no time for movies. No, nope. it's not for movies. It's <laughs> it's no time. The number four movies out there on Instagram. He's doing some awesome work too. So everybody, all the all the one people that listen to this, uh, which is probably no time for movies, go follow yourself. You deserve a follower. If you're wondering how this works, let me get back to the point. We're going to cover a bunch of topics. You make a topics list. You send us that topics list. 
and you will win a prize. Somewhere crammed into the middle of this episode, there's going to be a secret word, and you're going to need that secret word and put it in your topics list when you send it to us. Send that list to offalldayatoutlook.com. It doesn't need to be a complete list, just a list. It could have literally one topic, and uh, you can win a prize. That's it. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yes, sir. So this week we are talking about my all-time favorite movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This, if you go clear back into the days, the uh, the very first episode of Two Guys a Movie and a Podcast, Mac tells us about um, uh, it's a movie about robbery. You remember what movie that was? Den of Thieves, I think. Den of Thieves. Yeah, Mac talks about Den of Thieves. I talk about Roger Rabbit. And I have been waiting. This is the sole reason I wanted to do a movie podcast was so I could tell the world about Roger Rabbit. That's not true. But it is the reason. <laughs> that Here we are. It is the reason that I suggested we put Disney Plus movies in our list of uh, places to get movies from. So... It is on Disney Plus, currently on Disney Plus, and I have found out that what is on Disney Plus does not always stay on Disney Plus, as they at once, uh, uh, you know, claimed would be the case. Mm -hmm. Some things have been disappearing from there. Not anything particularly good, unless you think the Home Alone movies are particularly good. Are you a you fan of Home Alone? No. No, me neither. I was when I was a kid. I don't think I'd care that much these days. But anyways, I do know that like the Home Alone movies disappeared shortly after Christmas, after people were done watching them. Right. And I think there's been a variety of other things that have kind of gone missing, and there, uh, lots of, lots of, uh, I think it's a lot of deals that Disney signed before putting uh, Disney Plus into action. So the point is. Roger Rabbit, it's there now. It's even got some pretty cool bonus features there if you go and check out their uh, extras feature. And uh, it might not be there later. So if you're interested in Roger Rabbit, go get it now. I can't, I don't even know how it managed to get on Disney Plus with, the, it's got to be like a legal nightmare with all the, <laughs> with all the Warner Brothers cartoons right, and stuff. Yeah. But uh, anyways, enough stalling. Here is the rundown for who framed Roger Rabbit. This movie comes to us all the way from 1988. It is one hour and 43 minutes long. has an IMDb score of 7.7. That's out of 173,420 user ratings. A Metacritic score of 83, and that is out of 15 critics' reviews. And it is a juicy mystery filled with loony fun pairs, a toon-hating detective with a cartoon rabbit. That is the description from Disney+. Plus. The one on IMDb is probably actually a little bit better, but I'm not going to go check IMDb. You get the idea. There's a, there's, a, there's a perfectly good description. Yeah. All right, before, before I flip it over to Mac, I made a prediction for this week's episode. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to read it yet because I want to hear what you have to say before okay. I find out. But I have with me, maybe, maybe, gosh darn it. More than likely not. On these two cards. Damn it. These two index cards, 
I have written my predictions on Max' thoughts on this movie. We're going to see. We're going to see if I'm right. Even He's, my score? Are yeah. Given score? Even your score and a couple of criticisms. Okay. So, so uh, I am... I'm all ready to send it over Max way. What are your thoughts on who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, well, first of all, I didn't dislike it. Oh, okay. okay. Not anything about it that I dislike. I'm not going to give it a 10. Okay, fair enough. But it's not because of me not liking <laughs> anything. It's just because I just don't think it's 10 worthy. Okay. I'm going to give it an 8. Really? Yes. 8 oh. out of 10. Oh, man. Okay. Now, if I, the one one thing, and it's not anything that I disliked, it's just, like, that wasn't my, my era. Right? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I didn't even know who Roger Rabbit was. Okay. I didn't know about Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> I knew, I mean, I honestly know, like, the Warner Brothers stuff. Right. Bugs and... Well, Roger is a creation made for the movie, though. He wasn't like an actual. So he's not part of like Disney or. No. Okay. No. Because it's based on a novel called Who Censored Roger Rabbit. Okay. I did not know that. So you're not. So you. So not knowing who Roger Rabbit was is. So there was like no like TV show. I no. Mean. Okay. Okay. Well, then, I mean, hey, that works for me. Um, it was like, surprisingly, there was like a lot of. Dirty joke. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but I mean, they were there. I would. Oh, God damn. Oh. Oh, man. I didn't even say. Oh, we don't need a timer. No, we don't need a okay. timer. Oh. Thought I was off. <laughs> um, for. I'd let my youngest watch it because she doesn't understand any of the dirty <laughs> stuff. And I think she'd fairly enjoy it. Um,. And I don't. I didn't think it was too long. Oh, like it didn't. Okay. It didn't seem like a drag to me. Hmm. Like it just it kept flowing. Uh, I do agree. I, th- I believe once, maybe it was in our first episode that we, when you brought it up first, that uh, it aged well, hmm. just because of the uh, effects and stuff, yeah. like the way things, the cartoons look. Um. But yeah, I mean. If I was a kid at the time that it came out, I'm pretty sure I'd love it. <laughs> Watching it now, though, I'm like, it's not bad. It's not something I'll go back and watch. <laughs> but if it's on, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and watch it. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I solid eight. Wow, you you uh, well now I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know what my prediction? I were? do. I do. All right. Because I, I, I was so sure I was right. <laughs> I was so sure I was right. All right. Where did I put my cards? Of course. You just had. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here. All right, here. I said, uh, Mac will watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit and be confused when it starts with a cartoon. He will be more confused when it becomes a blend of live action animation. And then he will feel scorned for this confusion and hate it for this very reason. (laughs) No, because you explained that the first time you brought it up. Okay. You explained everything like. Okay. Well, I, I, I underestimated your memory of me explaining the movie <laughs> then. I said on my second card here, 
He will give it a three out of ten. Wow. He, he his score would be lower if it did not involve established Warner Brothers and Disney characters. Also, he will claim it was too long. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like any other movie that's been like hour and forty something up to two hours, I've said it's too long. But I don't know what it was. Closer about. to the mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get you a mic stand, and then what do you do? You sit back. Hey, you adjusted the sound bar. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. Like it, it just didn't. There wasn't any like parts that dragged too too long. Yeah, I think it. Everything just happened, one thing after another. Um, trying to think if I had any particular favorite parts, mm. and I didn't. <laughs> but uh I was pretty was pretty set on who framed him. Oh? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I I had almost like figured it out immediately. Right. Um it's kind of like uh I thought and at first I thought it was going to be like a like a Willy Wonka twist. That <laughs> dude that goes around whispering in their ears and he's oh. <laughs> made to seem like the bad guy. Um but yeah. Eight out of ten. Awesome. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I was worried you were gonna think I picked it out of out of some kind of spite, and I was gonna have to say no. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It is, a, it is a cherished piece of history for me, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I might as well just say it. I give it a perfect ten. Everything about this movie, I love. I probably saw it the first time. It it came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. I probably saw it. Uh, in like 1989 or 90. I would have been about five years old, I think, when I first saw it. Okay. Uh, is one of the first movies I remember seeing when I was a kid. And it has always stuck with me. I remember just being so amazed that the people were interacting with the cartoons. Right. And they actually looked like they're interacting with the cartoons, mm-hmm. which is, I, I think it still holds up today. There's there's a few moments where maybe uh, where maybe a a, a car- uh, one of the cartoons will interact with something in in the real world mm-hmm. and it'll just move a little bit off a little bit but uh, for the mo- like 99.9% of this movie I think holds up really well every time I watch it I find myself forgetting that he's talking to a cartoon rabbit right. and that he's not actually talking to somebody mm-hmm. like like cuz it so often it looks like uh Eddie Valiant played by Bob Hoskins is l- looking him in the eyes his hands are always in the right place right. and part of that is also because uh the way they made the movie was you know this was a time before CG so you know he'd hold his hand in the air and then the animators would go and animate frames and they would just be like, well, his hand's right there. So we naturally, we have to animate Roger's ears up here or his head down there, whatever. And, uh, I think it, I, I, especially when I was a kid, I was like, I couldn't believe this, this weird reality. And I wanted nothing more than to be able to go to Toontown and meet like Yosemite Sam right. and Bugs Bunny. I didn't really care too much about the Disney characters when I was a kid. Well, and that's one of the things that I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with, but like I knew 
like the Warner Brothers characters for the most part, but the Disney ones, like the <laughs> only ones that I could pick out were like Daffy Duck. Is that, is that Donald. Donald. Donald is Donald Disney. Duck, okay. And Mickey. Right. And Dumbo. <laughs> but then like the rest I just Yeah. Didn't Yeah, and I suppose it I I, I wonder how common that is. For, for people to be more... Because, like, you think of Disney as being, like, the all-powerful. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, I rarely watched. Like, I watched way more Bugs Bunny than I ever did Mickey Mouse. Right. I don't even remember. Like, I hardly watched Mickey Mouse when I was a kid. If I watched a Mickey Mouse cartoon, it was kind of like a special treat. Just because... not And not even because I loved Mickey Mouse, because I really don't like him all that much. Mm-hmm. But just because... It was rare. It's right. like, oh, Mickey Mouse is on the TV. This is kind of special because you ne- I never see him. But I'd, all, I'd race home after school to watch Merry Melodies with Bugs Bunny and, mm-hmm. and Daffy Duck and stuff. But, uh, but, yeah, I think it holds up really well. I love, the, I love the story and the mystery. And, yeah, maybe the mystery today might be a little more predictable than it was back in the 80s. Or, or well, yeah, maybe it was technically 80s. It was 88, but... You know, like '80s into '90s, uh, and it's something that you don't like. It's kind of been tried before, or uh, try like there were movies before this that had a mix of live action and animation, but mm-hmm. never to this extent. Like there was, uh, oh, uh, oh, what the heck was it? The movie with the. Uh, had Don Knotts in it, and he was a talking fish. And you probably don't know who Don Knotts is. No. He was—I'll I'll tell you—he was, he was Barney Fife in the Andy Griffith Show, but that probably doesn't help you either. Okay, I know Barney. Okay, yeah, yeah, he was Barney. He also did like a lot of crazy voices and cartoons yeah. and stuff. But uh, I know he was in some of the like Scooby Doo specials. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, he was—he was an animated fish. He was a guy that got turned into an animated fish, and it was a lot of him being an animated fish and then there was like live action people mm-hmm. as well. And then Mary Poppins had had similar live action and animation things going for it too back in the day. But it was never anything quite to this extent or or at least in my opinion anyways, never quite to the the believable extent. Because like I said, I still watch it today and I'm like I'm like, "Oh, he's really talking to that rabbit." But then he's like, "Oh, right." <laughs> That rabbit is all just ink, right? But uh, uh, I I think it, like I said, it's it's an hour. You know, we said it's an hour forty four, hour forty three, whatever, and and uh, I, it moves at a, it, It's always moving. There's always something happening, and it's always like really crazy, zany fun. Like there's so many things about the movie, like so many memorable moments about the movie. Whether it's <laughs> whether it's Judge Doom, uh, no, not spoiling anything yet, but whether it's Judge Doom like unveiling the dip mm-hmm. that will eventually <laughs> right. that will eventually be in use, uh, or uh, you know like uh, like Judge Doom like the, the the shave and the haircuts thing mm-hmm. and 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 all that fun stuff. But uh, I just think I just think it's I I still to this day think it's a, a technical a technical feat. And you look at newer movies, like Marvel movies, for example. You know, you got Guardians of the Galaxy, or any Marvel movie, but we'll take Guardians of the Galaxy because Chris Pratt is talking 
to and interacting with a giant tree that's not there right. and a photorealistic raccoon robot right. <laughs> or cyborg raccoon, whatever you want to call that thing, rocket. But uh, And you look at that stuff now and it's like, that's really cool and it's really awesome that you can have that mix. And you look at things like even Planet of the Apes where the apes all look photorealistic and you right. you just you find yourself forgetting that, oh, right. It's Andy Circus. <laughs> In but, the mocap. <laughs> yeah. And and uh but as far as things like Roger Rabbit goes, I don't think anything leading up to it had ever quite been like that. And things have tried to be like that prior, or after it. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't quite hit the same it hit the same level they they all still seemed a little bit off like there's been like tv shows and stuff that have been kind of similar where it's a live action and animation but i don't know as if i've ever seen anything where they interact with each other well um what about the looney tunes movie yeah yeah with uh brendan fraser yeah yeah and and space jam I remember, yeah, I remember space, loving Space Jam when I was a kid, and even then, I look back at Space Jam and I'm like, I don't know if I think that one holds up particularly well because I think they relied on a few on on a few uh, like weird special effects, mm-hmm. like his like his arms stretching clear across the court at right. one point and all that stuff. But but yeah, I, there there was certainly an era, and I but I to me, Roger was like, a it was the first one I'd seen like that. And and today I still think it's probably the the shining example. I think if you held up Roger Rabbit versus Space Jam or even Looney Tunes, I I, I don't know as if I would think that the other ones held up quite as nicely. Maybe nicely, but not quite as nicely. But uh, yeah, I just everything about this movie I just absolutely love. And and part of the reason I think uh, Roger Rabbit is probably holds up or or is uh, more believable than than uh, other movies like Space Jam or or Looney Tunes is that they go out of their way for the animated characters to not only interact with the with the live action characters but to interact with all of with everything the set pieces and stuff like like uh the the weasels like some of the weasels have like animated weapons mm-hmm. one of the weasels walks around with an actual tommy gun right <laughs> and and uh you know like roger is at one point oh, uh, searching through a toolbox and he he's like holding a live action he's holding like a real wrench or mm-hmm. he's he's playing with a real file and the and the, you know and there's like a scene with handcuffs in there too that where you know he's and and he's like jumping on a bed at one point, and the bed's reacting to it. Everything that like they just like the set pieces are so full of small things for the characters to interact with, right? And they make the characters interact with just about everything. And I think that's probably what 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 continues to sell it to this day is the fact that uh, that that. Like they just they went the extra mile to make sure it was as believable as could be. Like even even there's a point where Roger touches a a, a chair that's covered in dust, 
and he moves his hand and you still you see his fingerprints on the chair from right. where he touched it and it's like that 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 that's an attention to detail that you just might not get from from other movies and and that's fine it just because you know those other movies just don't they don't take place in that kind of a setting mm-hmm. they don't take place in 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 the cluttered setting like everything in Roger Rabbit seems very cluttered right like the bar is kind of small and cramped. The hiding, the hideout is kind of small and cramped. It's everything's full of boxes. There's warehouses and stuff like that. So uh, I do think. So I think that's probably why it. Uh, I'm kind of talking in circles now, but that's why it. Why it probably why it still remains fairly believable. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not even paying attention to my notes because that's how much I love this movie. <laughs> I wrote down all my general thoughts so I wouldn't forget anything, but uh, it's better when it comes from the soul. It is. It really is. Um, I'll I'll wrap it up with the last twenty minutes of the movie, and then we'll move on to the spoilers. But the last twenty minutes of this movie is like every time I watch it, every time I watch it, even though I know what's coming, it just like gets my heart racing right it is such an intense last it is a it's an intense finale mm-hmm. for what it is and it's like so nail-biting on and on the edge of your seat crazy and zany that it's like it's like oh oh god i know i know what's gonna happen next but i still can't help but get excited right. for it and and i think it's rare that that uh that you get movies like that that even if you've seen them a million times, they still, they still get you like really ramped up and, and oh yeah, I mean excited to go back to our first episode when we when I was talking about Den of Thieves, like I, I even I haven't watched it in quite some time because I I have it digitally. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me, I have it digitally on the PlayStation, but um, like. I could go back and watch it, say, after, you know, we're done recording. And it'll just get to a certain scene, and it's just, it, it feels, <laughs> like, super intense. And that's what a lot of a lot of movies that I enjoy, um, that kind of just, no matter what, no, how, no matter how many times that I see it, uh, it still gives me the same thrill as it did when I first watched mm-hmm. it. So, like, uh, I know I've brought up Troy a lot with Brad Pitt. Um, that movie will always just, I mean, from the the battle scenes to, like, the more serious and where there's, you know, a ton of dialogue, just the way that they talk, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's my, those are my spoiler-free thoughts. I don't think I missed it. Well, I'm, I probably... Missed out something that I put on my notes, but that's okay. I even watched it. Uh, I made you know, as we all know. I watch a lot of movies on my phone, and I made sure to make it a point to watch this one on my TV because I was like, I haven't seen it and I haven't watched it in a long time. I have a nice 4K TV, and and Disney Plus is going to stream it in like 4K and HDR and all that fun right. stuff. So I was like, I'm going to watch it on my TV, and. It still looked awesome. It was, ah, man. Anyway, can't say that enough. This still looks really good. All righty. Okay. So, there you have it. There's our spoiler-free reviews. Matt gave it a surprising eight. 
I give it a 10 because I don't know as if I'd get, if if I were sitting in your chair today, if I if if roles were reversed, I might I I don't know as if I'd still give it a 10. Part of that 10 is probably because I have such fond memories of it when I was a kid. Well, and that's what like watching it, that's what came to mind. I was like to me it's it's uh it's something new, you know, it's the first time I've ever watched it. But like what the movie contains, you know, all the different characters and you know, I I felt like to me what I thought was this must be like pure nostalgia. <laughs> because I mean, nowadays that's that's what it is, right? You know? So that's that's what I thought yeah. about it. Yeah. And I and, and and like you were you were mentioning that it has like a lot of dirty jokes in it, and uh, like I don't know as if the humor, I still think it's I still think it's really funny every time I every time I hear the jokes and and see it and stuff, but it's like this movie's PG, right? <laughs> back in back in the day, PG used to mean people could smoke on screen, they could say the occasional shit. They could make jokes about boobs, right? <laughs> and and then like today, it's like, oh man, there's no way that passes for PG. Yeah, yeah you got to walk on eggshells. <laughs> this days. is this is like at least PG thirteen, right? Um, but uh, and and I don't like. I'm sure most of those jokes went over my head when I was when I was a kid. I did always think the booby trap joke was funny, even when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know as if you could. We'll get to that in the spoilers. But I don't know as if that's a joke you could make anymore, with like Me Too movement and <laughs> and and all that stuff. Right. But uh, yeah, it 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 does have a sense of humor to it that may or may not age well. I think it ages just fine. And but but this is also an era of cartoons that I grew up with too. Right. Where uh, you know, like Bugs Bunny was still kind of a racist when I was a kid, like. Bugs Bunny was a racist when I was a kid. There were some racist Bugs Bunny cartoons out there. And there was, like, racist other cartoons out there, too, that were just Saturday morning seeing blackface and Tom and Jerry was no weird thing. Which, yeah, it's not appropriate, but it was a common thing. (laughs) That's how it was back then. But uh, anyways, okay, now we're really going to get into the spoiler section. We're going to get into this, and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back here in just a second. Okay, here we are. We're back with the spoilers for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Finally. <sighs> Finally. <laughs> 8.48. I told Liz we were going to record earlier tonight. I told him the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm wanted to record earlier. And she goes, oh, it's a, it's a longer episode because it's a movie, right? And I say, yeah, but Malcolm wanted to record earlier. So I'm assuming he's got a reason that he wanted to be, <laughs> wanted to start earlier. He's probably got plans for tonight or something. So if I'm keeping you from your plans, I don't apologize. Am I keeping no. you from your plans? No. Oh, well. Then why did we need to record earlier? Because I just wanted to. <laughs> Fair enough, Jesus. <laughs> Do you want to go home late at night? Ah. Two in the morning? Autopsy of Jane Doe. And <laughs> gone Baby Gone oh, Hours. Man. Liz didn't work today, but if she did work today, then I would not have been able to record earlier. That's the only reason I could get here at 7 was because Liz was already home. <laughs> very nice. So so I'm sure she's very grateful that you kept me from uh, helping do the bedtimes and, <laughs> and all that stuff. 
All right, spoilers for who framed Roger Rabbit. Where to begin? Where to begin? First thing on my notes. This movie contains tobacco (laughs) tobacco depictions. That's literally what it says under the rating for Mm -hmm. uh, when you start the movie on Disney+. Plus. It says contains tobacco depictions because it just boggles my... Like, it drives me nuts that people are like, yeah, smoking is a bad habit. I get it. But is that really... Is that really ratings worthy? Like, is that like something that you Dare have to be different? Is that something you have to warn people about? Look at the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, I I did not watch it. Well, I know, but I'm but, just saying. Like, but what about it? I well, heard it was a lot of butts. I heard it was a lot of butts. Well, yeah. Okay. But I mean, was there Janet a, Jackson's nipple literally fell oh, out? Well, yeah, like years ago. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I guess. Fair enough. With the times, people. With the times. I guess. I just think it's funny that that smoking is one of those things that you have to warn. Be- Careful. You you guys might see smoking in this movie. I think it's silly. I wish they had TV ads for smoking still. I'm kidding. I don't really think that. Dare to be different. The opening is a fun look back on a different era of animation. Mac, you uh, you even mentioned in your spoiler-free thing that that uh, this was kind of an era of cartoons before that just wasn't quite your time. Yeah. So uh, we're how old are you? When were you born? I was born in '97. '97. So I don't even like. So you're I had this like conversation. hardly even a '90s kid then. Right. I'm. I consider like, myself a 2000. Okay. Kid. I was gonna say. I always assume that. The, your formative years is the yeah <laughs> yeah because like I don't remember anything from the nineties right but I remember most things from the two thousands okay okay yeah so Looney Tunes was probably pretty probably pretty calm by the time you showed up then yeah but at the same time like I watched like in like it was always rerun like stuff okay. you know so I mean I did watch a lot of uh, Bugs Bunny and um. Roadrunner. Okay. Wile E. Coyote. Hmm? Space Jam? Eh. No? I didn't really like it. Didn't care for I, it. I remember liking Space Jam when I was a kid. But, but like, the thing is, it's like I wasn't alive when Jordan was, like, Jordan. <laughs> I'm a big Chicago F- Bulls fan. Yeah? I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. Yeah? But it's only because I've seen, like, what he did. <laughs> I never got to, like, live it. Like, one of our cousins is... Like, obsessed with Michael Jordan. Yeah? Two of them actually are. Mm. But, like, they got to see it. Mm. Live it, you know? I remember when he tried to play baseball. Yep, the year he took off. (laughs) I remember that was a thing. I don't remember what year it was. I just remember when I was younger and Michael Jordan stopped playing basketball for that while, for that time. And I want to say it was 95. Okay. Sounds about right. It would have been like the fourth or fifth grade at that time. Because he had two three-peat championships. Okay. It was, I believe, 91, no, 92, 93, 94, skip five, 96, 97, 98. Okay. Do you think Michael B. Jordan, do you think he's ever like, do you think he puts the B in his name for like credits and stuff? Yes. For, well, yes, I think he does that because that's how it is. But, uh, you think he does that because if it was just Michael Jordan, 
he, people would be constantly like, oh yeah, thinking he was like Michael Jordan, or thinking like, oh man, this movie's got Michael Jordan in it, and then they'd be upset that it was Michael B. Jordan, right? Or maybe Michael they'd Jordan be pleasantly they'd be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean I think it's a separation. I think he should have went with Mikey. Should have went Mikey Jordan, like in Creed. Is that how? Is that how? I don't know. I've never seen Creed. No. Oh, well, I mean that's how. Uh, old Sly Stallone okay. refers to him as Mikey. Mikey didn't know his name was Mikey in that movie. I thought it was like well, Adonis. But oh, okay. So maybe he doesn't call him Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of something completely different. Okay, fair enough. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably uh, Stallone probably just messed up his line and accidentally called him Mikey. And then nobody caught it, and then it's in the movie. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I love the uh, I love the opening of this movie. There is actually several uh, Roger Rabbit shorts floating around out there. You can watch a couple of them on Disney Plus if you go in like their little extra section. You get like some back like behind the scenes stuff, like a few special features, mm-hmm. like a movie trailer, and I think it has two. Uh, two Roger Rabbit shorts. They used to air in front of certain Warner Brothers movies uh, back in the 90s. Uh, I can't remember which ones aired in front of which movies, but I think one of them actually aired in front of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, okay. You familiar with that one? No. No? Okay. It's about Rick Moranis. I, well, I, knew, I know what the movies are about. Okay. Because there's like 50 million of them. Honey, I blew up our son, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not we're not gonna go there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they would air in front of like like certain movies, and I was always like, that was always a special treat too. But I made Zoe sit through one. Like we wa- we'd watch like a couple things for Zoe uh, one day, and I was like, I wonder if Disney has the animated stuff from Roger Rabbit. So I just went and checked, and I was like, all right, we're watching this. And it was like, it was like Roger trying to keep baby Herman from uh, being mangled and killed mm-hmm. in a carnival. <laughs> and and Liz was sitting there watching it too. And she was kind of, there were moments where she was kind of taken aback by it because it's just like such a weird era of cartoons. It was like 10 minutes long and about halfway through it, Zoe's just like, I don't like this. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, you know what? We've been watching your cartoons all morning, kid. You're gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they are—they're all—they are all equally as as dangerous and death-defying as what you get in Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's all Baby Herman almost dying, and then Roger Rabbit just almost uh, <laughs> like just barely saving him. The movie threw me for a loop in that opening scene. Yeah, because. I forgot that it was both live action, oh. and so like I thought it was a cartoon. And at first, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I was I was leaning towards <laughs> this is like a negative one because it was just the classic like, oh my god, he's gonna fall into the sea. <laughs> oh no, here comes the toaster with the plunger, <laughs> all these knives. But then when. Uh, I heard the guy yell cut, and I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Oh, And the, then I was like, okay. 
like the vacuum cleaner is is animated for the cartoon, but after the refrigerator lands on his head mm-hmm. and the director starts yelling cut, like a lot of the props turn into like actual props. Right. Like like the vacuum like there's actually a physical like somebody actually had to make the physical prop for the vacuum cleaner to set on the stage and mm-hmm. set and stuff like that. There there's another moment like later on in the movie where Eddie has a an animated gun and I had never noticed it until I watched it this time around. And I don't know if that's because I was paying more attention or if it's because it was just a higher resolution or a bigger screen than I was used to or what. But I noticed that there's a point where he's holding the gun, but it's an actual prop gun. It's not like they did. They just chose not to animate it for like mm-hmm. a fraction of a scene. Is it the long barreled one? No. Or is it the one that the <laughs> it's the one that on. shoots the semi racist bullets? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess I didn't notice that it was not real. Yeah, like, and I didn't know, and like, like I said, I never or noticed it until real. this until this time around, and uh, and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm still calling it a ten. <laughs> like, baby Herman's like pushing everybody out of the way, and and you get that moment where. Roger is he takes a frying pan and he's hitting himself over the head with it Mm -hmm. and part of me wants to go back and watch like behind the scenes things for this like I have a special edition of it on DVD and part of me wants to watch like how they how they like got the frying like how they got the frying pan to actually like was there like a small person running around like waving the frying pan was it on wires but then the other part of me is like, no, don't do that. Don't It'll ruin don't it. Don't break the illusion. <laughs> but uh uh but yes, yes. Um I think the animation still still very, very smooth. And I like the idea that the director's upset because Roger's not seeing the stars. Right. <laughs> Just like I like the idea Read that the script. I like the idea that the cartoons have the ability to like I guess technically that would make sense, I guess, in their weird, toony world, that they'd be able to control what stars or what things they see flying over their heads. But at the same time, even if the script said stars, I'd be fine with birds. I think birds are fine. In fact, I'd rather see them. I think the birds were better than stars. Then we meet uh, we meet Eddie Valiant. I like Bob Hoskins a lot. Bob Hoskins, I ha- I had not seen a lot of Bob Hoskins stuff in my time. And a lot of the stuff I'd seen from him was just plain bad. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, probably don't remember. It was probably a little bit before before you were watching movies, but uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. You ever seen the Super Mario Brothers movie? No. Don't watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> but it does star Bob Hoskins. You won't watch it because it's got John Leguizamo in it. Oh, but uh, yeah. But it is it is the absolute worst uh, worst rendition of. Of Mario Brothers, like Yoshi looks like an actual dinosaur, and Bowser, like King Koopa, is it's just a guy with slicked back hair. <laughs> He's not a big dragon or anything. And I'm sure he was in plenty of other things that I would thoroughly enjoy. But well, I'm like I felt like I seen him and stuff, but I just can't remember what. Right, actually, I should have went and looked at his uh, IMDb to to see because I I know I've seen other things with him in him. I do not remember the titles. 
Well, have no fear. Because <laughs> I am here. I do believe he actually had an accent, though. I think he was actually British. But yes, yes, we meet uh, we meet Eddie Valiant. He's hired to dig up some dirt on Jessica Rabbit. He's sitting there, like, eyeing the scotch. <laughs> he's like... Right, behind. He's, he's, like, barely paying attention to what R.J. Maroon is telling him. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, just looking at the scotch. Find out that, uh, A, he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't like to work for Tunes. He doesn't want to go to Toontown, and you don't know why, but that'll become clear later on. He's telling him he'll do it for, like, $100. Mm-hmm. You got a, got a movie listing yes. there? Yes, yes. He was in... One of the, it's an old movie that I haven't seen in a long time. Okay. But uh, he was in Unleashed with Jet Li. Oh, that's right. He was the guy that was like yeah. owning him. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Is he, is he Bilbo Baggins? Maybe in like an old Hobbit. I, I think he, I think he passed away before the, before the cut. 2014. Yeah. Um, He's an Othello. <laughs> but yeah, that's I guess where I've only seen him once. He kind of looks like he, you know, honestly, if he were still alive, mm-hmm. he'd be a good penguin. Yeah, he would be an awesome penguin. I could see him as a penguin. But yeah, uh, Unleashed is where I remember him now. Okay. Thanks for Thanks for bringing that up. I hated that movie. Looking back on it now, <laughs> it was a very terrible movie. <laughs> but I had it on the PSP, so I thought it was cool. Oh, I bet. Unless you're like more into martial arts movies than I am. So I am. I love martial arts movies. So Jet you're probably Lee. a big Jet Li fan? Yes. Okay. Favorite Jet Li movie? Um, Either The Last Year on China. Okay. Oh, man, I can't just pick one. Okay, so The Last Year on China, <laughs> Fearless... Or um, Fist of Legend. I do not think I've seen any of them. It was Fist of Legend <laughs> was like the same adaptation as Bruce Lee's Fist of Fury. Okay. Same story, hmm. just different uh, actors. Okay. I've seen The One. Did not like it. Nope. Looking back on it, it's a terrible <laughs> movie. Used to be my favorite, though. Yeah? Yeah. Um, that end scene when he's like fighting <laughs> everyone on the... I feel like I would have loved it when I was a kid. If Even, like, I watched it, I was probably... I don't know what year it came out, but I was probably like 15 or 16. I think it, I think it was around the time of The Matrix, actually. Seems oh, like it was yeah. one of those things that was about the time of The Matrix and like... Everyone was like cashing in on like the futuristic sci-fi type. Right. type. Romeo Must Die, also one of my favorites. I, I saw that one either. Cradle to the Grave was also one of my okay. favorites. Uh, Hero? Was he in Hero? Yes, also one of my favorites. I like that one. Jet Li's lineup of movies, <laughs> with the exception of The One and Unleashed, I would give very high ratings. Uh, even that, uh, what was it, like Forgotten Kingdoms or whatever? We won't talk about the that. one with uh, Jackie yeah. Chan. It had Jackie Chan. I don't like Jackie Chan. Oh, you don't like Jackie Chan? No. So, I'm not going to call it a Jelly Movie. When I, when I was young, Jackie Chan was like it was like the peak of his the his like master. American career. Not necessarily drunken master. Like like he had a he had like his big 
He had his big career like in movies that I couldn't understand because I didn't want to read subtitles at the time. Right. But the like when I was a, when I was a kid, it was like Rush Hour, Rush Hour Two, and like there's like a handful of Jackie Chan I movies. Don't like the Rush Hour movies. I do like the Rush Hour yeah. movies, uh, m- mostly because I like uh, Chris Tucker. Okay, you like Money Talks with him and uh, Charlie Sheen. I don't think I've ever seen that one. I don't like Charlie Sheen very much, though, so I probably wouldn't like it very much. But I did like Jackie Chan when I was a kid, so it was like Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. I, I look back on Jackie Chan movies, though. I don't think I would still enjoy them as much as yeah, I, I did back I then. Well. <laughs> I watch those. I watch them, and I'm always like, I was like, oh, man, it's so cool. Like, he's doing like his own choreography and, and stunts and stuff. But then like, I watch him now, and it's like, the fight scenes they're okay it's good choreography but it's like i feel like it it looks it looks like choreography to me it Mm. they like they look like they're staged fight scenes whereas if you watch a lot of like newer martial arts movies yeah they're all choreographed they're all staged no one's like you know they're not like really out there ripping people apart but I i just think that like they look more realistic if that makes any sense. Yeah. I feel like Jackie Chan fight scenes look less realistic than a lot of other martial arts things. Well, and I believe Jet Li at one point in his career was doing his own stunts as well. Okay. Because a lot of his fight scenes were pretty crisp. Yeah. Bruce Lee. <laughs> that fight with Chuck Norris. Yeah. Legendary. <laughs> he ripped off his chest hair and blew it back. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies is The Raid, and it used to be on Netflix. Now it's not. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the craziest martial arts movies ever created. Like, one of the craziest and bloodiest. Uh, I think you were telling me about it. Yeah. yeah. Netflix has one from the same director called The Night Comes for Us, which has, like, similar caliber, like, the same, like, crazy-ass fight sequences. Mm-hmm. But The Raid was where it was at. Ninja Assassin was, like, pretty... There was, like, a lot of action. Some of the gore was over the top, Meh. but for the most part, it was pretty good. Okay. I saw Ninja Assassin in theaters, and I felt a little let down because I thought they were, like, too... Uh, like, they were, like, too... It was too supernatural. Like, they were like, oh, let's shine the lights on them, and then the ninjas won't be able to fight very good. And it's like, meh. That was okay though. I don't. I. I don't. I don't know if I. Because I think it's on Netflix now too. Yes. At least it used to be. It was recently, anyways. And every time I come across, I'm like, eh, I could watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't because of the, I don't know. But I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, Valiant's hired to dig up some dirt on <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> He's standing by the window with his. With his scotch in his hands, and and this, uh, they at the beginning they may, they mention that it takes place in 1947. So you get like you get like these awesome period piece costumes and sets. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'll do the job for a hundred dollars." And maroon of maroon cartoons is just like a hundred dollars. It's like blasphemy. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, a hundred dollars was a lot of money at some point. <laughs> 
I mean, to me, a hundred dollars is still a, it's right. still a good amount of money. But I feel like back then, his hundred dollars was more like a grand. Because <laughs> then he goes to the, because then even when he goes to the bar to, and Dolores is like telling him he needs to pay his tab. He's like, oh, I got you covered. I got a check for a cool fifty. <laughs> She's like, $50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, this is where uh, you see the first uh, the first actual cartoon character, or the first, uh, like, licensed cartoon character, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Dumbo pops up in the window and scares Eddie to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always, I always love the part where Maroon is talking about how he, he got them all, he got Dumbo on loan along with the brooms from Fantasia, and yeah, he was like, well, half the cast of Fantasia. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he throws the he he's like, yeah, and they work for peanuts, and so he throws the peanuts out. I always love that sound when Dumbo's eating the peanuts out of the air. That little pop 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 pop. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And then a little bit later on, you see the brooms and the and the maroon backlot using real brooms to sweep the <laughs> to sweep. Oh man, um, I don't know. There's a lot of cartoon characters in in the movie and in Toontown that I don't that even I don't recognize mm-hmm. even though this was more my era. So I don't know is it like I don't know if every tune you see outside of Roger and uh Baby Herman and Jessica are Disney or Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who the hippo was. Yeah, like there, there's an ostrich there that I don't, yeah. that I'm not entirely sure. Like the ostrich looks vaguely familiar, but I'm not entirely sure if I know what cartoon that would be from. Uh, the hip, the, you know, like you said, the hippo. Um, uh, um, <clears throat> Even the what were those? Were they rats? Were they ferrets? The weasels. Weasels. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the weasels are uh, original to the movie, too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what are they? <laughs> They're weasels. They even call them weasels. I didn't hear that part. I, I think they call them weasels a couple of times. Mm. But, but yes, they are They are weasels. Uh, I love the language in the movie. It's very, like, I love the, like, uh, when we did, I think it was when we did Pretty in Pink, I said, I don't like 80s movies because I don't like 80s fashions mm-hmm. and styles and 80s slang. Like I don't even like 80s slang very much. I like 80s movies that don't take place in the 80s. And this is like the prime example of an 80s movie that doesn't take place in the 80s mm-hmm. because I like that. I like the language that comes with the early fit, like the late 40s, early 50s. I like the style, and I, I just it's like kind of like mobster like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way they talk. <laughs> like, like even the weasels are like, yeah, we're gonna, we'll we'll hang you out to dry. Right. <laughs> they kind of sound like, because uh, that's kind of how like uh, Rocket from Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy talks. Like. Yeah. Kind of has that kind of uh, accent. Yeah. Only a little more gravelly. Right. Ah, I can't do a rocket. Yeah, that was my horrible. mistake. My sorry. I, I, I apologize to the listener. I don't apologize to Mac. <laughs> Never would he. Apologies, Susan McMartin, and no time for movies. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I like the I. I 
I'm sure Susan McMartin doesn't actually listen to the show, but I like the thought that maybe she does. Like maybe just not every show, but maybe every once in a while she's like, I wonder what that Mac and T guy are up to. And just every once in a while. She's probably on to bigger and better things right now. <laughs> tune backlot full of full of uh full of tunes. That's like that's the the tune backlot and then like the tune town sequence at the end are probably two of my my favorite parts of the movie. When you cause like I just like seeing the cartoons <laughs> like doing things. Right. He jumps on the red car, tries to give the guy a check, but Guy won't take it. <laughs> uh, and what do you think I am, a bank? <laughs> so he jumps on the back of it along with some kids, and and this is this is yet another sign of the times. After he rides the red car on the back with the kids, he jumps off, and he's like he thanks them for the cigarettes that they just right. gave him. <laughs> I like to think that. That if you made this movie today, and it still took place in '47, you could still do those jokes, because those are jokes that would work in the '40s. Do you think that? You think that would work? Yeah. Or do you think people would be like, "Oh no, you can't make that joke, no matter what era, because it doesn't it doesn't fit in line with with our modern sensibilities." I think. It, I mean, yeah. yeah. Still, still, probably get yourself a PG thirteen. It's like uh, kids shining shoes for a nickel. True, true enough. I only bring that up because uh, Gangster Squad movie with uh, Josh Brolin. Okay. And there's a scene where this kid he's shining shoes for like <laughs> big money. Okay. And I mean, it's just the times. Okay. I don't know as if you could do it in a family movie like like this, though. Oh, probably not. Probably. Like, even if it was like a comedy, I think you could only get away with it if it was like an R-rated comedy or something more more skewed to adults. But, ah, the times they have changed. Well, and I will say, we've recently seen a movie, well, not super recently, but uh, we watched a movie called Good Boys. Oh uh, yeah, I have not seen it, no. but I but I know. <laughs> okay, so I mean, you know, it's a for kids, right? Yeah, like I don't know if it's middle school or elementary or whatever, but like there's scenes that where there's just a bunch of younger kids in a basement. And they're just like <laughs> slamming beers, and <laughs> but it's an R-rated movie, right? So. I remember the ad campaign for that movie where it was like uh uh like Seth Rogen was like talking to the kids and he's like, "Well, kids, I I I hate to break it to you, you're not old enough to go see the movie that that you guys are all starring in." Right. But uh yeah. But even like yeah, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I did see that while I was doing my research for this particular movie, I did see that there is for slated for 2022, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit two. I was going to ask you that earlier. But it's going to be a sequel. <laughs> but I don't know. Like it's it's labeled as as in it's labeled as in in like post production or pre production or something or other. So it has like no details. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, you can find like test uh, like like little test scenes 
for a Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2 that did not feature Eddie Valiant. It was like some younger guy and and Roger Roger's animation was just a little bit different. I think it was still hand drawn, but there was just something a little bit different about him, but uh but it was never made. I always thought it'd be really cool. Like I I I don't know as if I would want a Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2 now. But back in like if it, it, it would have been like a back-to-back thing. Yeah, like if there was a Who Framed Roger Rabbit two that came out in nineteen ninety, even ninety two, ninety four, mm-hmm. something like that, with several years between, I think, I think I'd been okay with that. I don't know as if, I don't know if we need like a, I still don't know if we need a sequel at this point, <laughs> right? And especially since you can't have, you you can't have Eddie Valiant anymore because a. Bob Hoskins has, has sadly passed away, but even if he was alive, he would be ancient. <laughs> He'd be 70. We'll see. He passed away at the age of 71. That was 2014. Right. So six years later, 77. Yeah. That's still pretty old. That is. I mean. But Morgan Freeman's like 90. True. True. Jack Nicholson's like 80. Yeah. And I'm not so sure I would. Would throw Jack Nicholson into a list of actors that I think still. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just listing ancient actors. Okay, okay. De Niro, because because like uh, I think I mentioned it on the last episode when I, I said I meant I tried to watch The Irishman, but I couldn't do it because I couldn't get past the de aging. Right. The the yeah. young faces on the old bodies was was jarring to me. <laughs> so like, and then like, and then. Like regular old Robert De Niro just looks like old Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know. I just, I, don't, I, I just don't know as if I necessarily need a sequel. I uh, can't remember what else I was watching. As I mean, it was something I was watching today, I'm pretty sure, but they did the whole de aging thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's not necessary. <laughs> Oh, it drives me nuts. I saw Pete Holmes on Conan O'Brien the other night. It was it was actually like maybe a few nights after we recorded that last episode. Mm-hmm. And Pete Holmes was talking about the Irishman and he had the same complaints that I did <laughs> where where it was just weird to see young Robert De Niro's face right. shambling around on an old body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Good. I'm glad I'm not the only person." Right. But uh but yeah, so I, I don't know as if we necessarily need a sequel. And uh, uh, while I was looking, I I I uh, I searched for Who Framed Roger Rabbit too to see like I was like, well, it's in it's in pre production, so maybe there's like maybe a more recent news story to it. And I couldn't find any recent news articles about it. There was one article about how it's a miracle that this movie is even on Disney Plus. But I didn't even click through that one. And then there was like a handful of articles about Eddie Murphy regrets passing up on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I didn't read the article, but I'm assuming Eddie Murphy would be playing the part of Eddie Valiant. Mm-hmm. I suppose maybe he might be Judge Doom. But I'm assuming he would be playing Eddie. Well, I guess at that time in his career, he, he might have been a Judge Doom because he was like, he was known for doing like over the top characters and stuff but right either way I, I think this movie's perfectly cast i cannot imagine 
I cannot see that racist. I'm come not out. being. I don't think it's racist to say that that I don't want any other actor other than Christopher Lloyd and Bob Hoskins. Because like, cause Christopher Lloyd is a national treasure who I've loved since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like plenty of Eddie Murphy movies, but like, you watch this, like watching this movie when I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Back to the Future. Or I'd be watching Back to the Future, be like, ah, that's... That's the guy from Roger Rabbit. Right. You know, whichever. I'm sure that one of those thoughts went through my mind when I was a kid and saw mm-hmm. one of the movies first. I don't remember which one. I'm sure I watched Roger Rabbit before Back to the Future. And when when Back to the Future came out, I was probably like, oh, my God. That's the same guy. Right. But. Uh, oh, I know. It was Sam Jackson. I can't remember what movie. The Captain Marvel? No. Although that is true, too. <laughs> I want to say it was Kong. Skull Island. They de-aged him and... Really? I think so. That, does, that seems very unnecessary. <laughs> was it like a flashback, or did they just de-age him for the whole movie? I because think they, they just, just de-aged him for the whole movie. That's a weird, that's a weird thing to do. And maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh-huh. I could be very wrong. No. Uh-huh. But I just remember something that I've watched recently that... <laughs> I found it, by the way, so you're taking it home tonight. Oh, okay. Is it on DVD or Blu-ray? It's probably DVD. I don't know. Okay. If it's on, if it's on DVD, I can't guarantee I'll watch it. I'm, I'm kind of a resolution snob. <laughs> I'm like, if I can't watch this, and at the very least, 1080p, true 1080p, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I used to be the exact opposite. I used to be like, oh, uh, what was it? Uh, Office Space. You ever seen Office Space? No. Oh, it's an awesome movie. Um, but uh, I used to know a guy who had never seen Office Space. And uh, one of his friends was like, well, I have it. So so we can go, we can watch it. And he's like, is it on, is it on DVD? Because this was back when DVDs were new. He's like, is it on DVD? And his friend's like, no, it's on VHS. And he's like, I'm not watching this. And at that time, I remember thinking very clearly, that is a great movie. I would watch it no matter what it was on. <laughs> I would watch it even if the tracking was off on the VHS. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the screen skipped up and down. Because <laughs> it's such a good movie. And then, like as the years progressed, I became the screen <laughs> snob. <laughs> like, like uh, my God. It's like, I used to have coworkers that would give me, they'd go buy movies and then they would give me the digital voodoo copies. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Thanks. And I'd take the voodoo copies. I'd, I'd put them into my account and I have this big voodoo library. But a lot of them are in SD, not HD. And so I have not watched them, even though I own them. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't remember where we were. Oh, he was on the red car. Smoking was still cool in 47. I like it when people, like, I just, I, I, look, I don't care what anybody says. Smoking looks cool. It's true. (laughs) Vaping looks like a douchebag's game. Smoking looks cool. (laughs) 
Oh, we meet Dolores. She needs him to pay his tab. Well, she's going to lose a job. A job? (laughs) (laughs) You meet some of the barflies. You find out, uh, I think this is actually where you find out that uh, Cloverleaf has bought out the red car. Yes. And there's a guy. Because he was like, this is the best (laughs) public transportation service. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And uh, you see him, like, changing the Cloverleaf sign even as he's walking into the (laughs) bar. Or the red car sign to, to a Cloverleaf sign. And one of the drivers for the bus, for the red car, is uh, is like passed out on the table, and somebody explains to him that well, cutbacks. <laughs> There's a barfly in there who's kind of giving Eddie a hard time. He's got all these jokes like maybe little Bo Peep lost his sheep, and you're going to help him find him. Right. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I thought this was like. Like, this was, like, the craziest thing. He kicks the bar stool out from under him and then force-feeds him a boiled egg. <laughs> I don't work for tunes. <laughs> oh, man. To this uh, to this day, that, that scene still makes me cringe as just being, like, a strangely brutal moment right. in, in a otherwise, well, relatively kind of happy, family-friendly movie. Right. For, for all the weird things and bad things that happen, I think it's probably, or at least certainly at the time, was classified as a fran- family-friendly movie. Or at least my parents thought so because they let me watch it in kindergarten. Right. He gets up and he's, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, he's like, wow, what the hell's wrong with him? And that's when we find out a tune killed his brother. Bum, bum, bum. Drop the piano on his head. <laughs> Yes, as as tunes will do, dropping things on their heads, and uh, I do like this. I like, I like the story of of his brother, like the way that his brother's history, hit, or well, his history too, unfolds throughout the movie. I think is a really it's a nice progression. They don't give you everything at the beginning, mm-hmm. You're like like oh, tune killed his brother, and then a little bit later, you see like a little bit of their career. And then a little bit later, you find out that the that a tune dropped a piano on his head, and then you uh, it's like pretty close to the end. You actually hear the full story of how of how that happened. Mm-hmm. That that is quality storytelling, and 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 the idea that they would take that key information and just just spread it out throughout the whole one forty three. As we progress, he goes to the lounge. I love this scene. With uh, Donald and Daffy, and they're doing the dueling pianos. Oh yeah. <laughs> I th- uh, Betty Boop shows up, and I thought Mac probably has no. Do you did you know Do you know who Betty Boop is? I only do because that's my grandma's nickname. Betty Boop. It's just Betty. Betty. But is it? Well, Betty Boop is one of her favorite characters oh. too. So okay. I used to work with a guy that had, I think. At least two Betty Boop tattoos. A pretty big Mary Betty Boop fan. One. Oh yeah, hmm. she, I know she has a Tasmanian Devil one. Okay, but she may or may not have a Betty Boop one. Okay, but yes, uh, he means Betty Boop. I like, I like the interaction with Betty Boop because it's kind of a, uh, it it gives you a little bit of insight into his past. Like they they know each other, and he's kind of surprised that she's there, and she's like. She's like, oh, I still got it, though. Times are hot. <laughs> and she does the whole boop boopy doop thing, and he and he smiles, and he's like, yeah, you still got it. <laughs> and it's like such a, 
that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is like like you get the that little moment of history that that and and later you find out that he he used to do a lot of jobs in Toontown. Mm-hmm. And so this the idea that the older cartoons know Eddie Valiant more than the newer cartoons. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the idea that that tunes just exist with people like nobody seem nobody's drawing them. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like so at some point there was just tunes that that were born colorless or in black and white. <laughs> and then we're just forever stuck being black and white. Yeah. This is one of two moments where you where you truly see Warner Brothers and Disney cooperating in this movie in particular because it's Donald and Daffy and then later on it's Mickey and Bugs. Other than these oh, yeah. other than these two moments the the Warner Brothers cartoons for the most part just stick on their own thing, you know like they come and go in the Disney cartoons if you if you managed to recognize them, which I personally didn't, yeah, Dumbo was, and then we yeah, yeah, Dumbo was a pretty big one, but and and I guess the brooms too from Fantasia, but but uh, like for the most part, the the Warner Brothers and Disney cartoons they just didn't they didn't mix, but they put but they put their two uh, the two sets that are kind of like bigger, mm-hmm. I guess like the I guess, you know, because I'm sure I don't think Disney has like an Elmer Fudd. Right. I think they, I think those are probably the only two sets that I can think of, anyways, that would go together. Warner Brothers doesn't have a Goofy. Does Warner Brothers have a Goofy? Mm. I don't think Warner Brothers has a Goofy. Goofy is a thing that Disney, Disney created, and Warner's were like they had the Bulldogs. Disney had Bulldogs? No, one brother. Okay. Okay. But that was from like Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Meh. Anyways, it's a fun interaction. You also meet Acme here for the first time. <laughs> like, I'm not a big fan of the guy playing Acme. Mm-hmm. Uh I think he kind of overacts his part a little bit. He's like sitting there, he sprays uh he sprays Eddie with the disappearing ink. He's like just so excited. Like he like everything he does, he just thinks is so funny. Right. Which is like, I get it. That's his character. He even says like, if it's an acme, it's a gasser. He shows up every time. Jessica's and <laughs> Jessica's on screen. Right. The idea that Eddie is familiar with Toontown, but not familiar enough to know that Jessica is a person, I always thought was kind of weird. Because when Betty Boop tells him that, uh, that uh, tells him that Marvin Acme only you know never misses a, a Jessica Rabbit performance, and and Eddie's like, oh, he's got a thing for rabbits, huh? And then you find out that Jessica Rabbit's like oh, just a very busty redheaded woman, right? <laughs> and he's like very surprised. It's like the first time he's ever seen her. Yeah, and it's like I feel like I just feel like it's a weird thing for him not to know. If he's done things and done mm-hmm. things with Toontown, I suppose if he had done things with Toontown many, many, many years ago, and then he's like so taken by Jessica too, like his his jaw drops, and then Betty Boop picks it back <laughs> picks up. It back up. <laughs> Jessica sings a song. He's being very suggestive. Yes, very. <laughs> 
I don't know. This is another thing that I don't know is if it would work today. If uh, if Jessica Rabbit would be quite so uh, voluptuous. <laughs> I don't see why not. I, just, I don't know. I feel like. Think of uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. But still. Think of Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. I think of Barbie dolls having to have their waists thickened up a little bit. <laughs> because their hourglass shape was was uh, distressing to young girls. Yes, that's a thing that happened. Okay. And they, their Barbie's waist had to be expanded and their breasts had to be smalled. Smalled. Shrunk? Shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't, I just, I just question on whether, question whether or not Jessica would look like that or if they would make her look a little more realistic. She look, she does not look even remotely realistic. Like her waist is like tiny. <laughs> and if it was a person, who do you think it'd be? Uh, Scarjo. <clears throat> no. St- and don't and stop God, stop calling her Scarjo. That's I'll call her whatever. Ah, uh, stop it. <laughs> and take a drink of this soda pop. You can't call it. Because it tastes it's good and it fizzes in my tummy. What does that have to do with soda <sighs> and pop? It just because I know that you don't like the word tummy, <laughs> and you don't like it when I say soda pop. And though it is a soda pop, it's both a soda and a pop, makes it a soda pop. Do you also call Jennifer Lawrence J Law? Well, it'd be J J Law. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence or Lopez. Lawrence. Lawrence? No. No. It's called J Lo. J Lo. Well, yeah, that's. That is the name that she goes by or is chosen to go by, at least in the past. So that is understandable. But when people are like... I say be pit a lot. Oh, that's oh, gross. Stop it. Stop shortening people's names. Marky Mark? Well, that's fine. Because he was Marky Mark at one point. I call him Mark Wall. You, uh, you know, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Sam Jack? Sam Jack, do you really call no. <laughs> Chris Rock? Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I prefer to use his his formal name. I call him Mister Christopher Rockford. Oh, okay, I don't know, but don't know. it drives me nuts though when people call her like J Law and Scarjo. It's I like say those are two those are two names that, that just say Johansson. And say Scarlet, for God's sake. Say Scarlet. No. (laughs) (sighs) I heard you call her ScarJo earlier, and I was like, oh, God damn it, if he does that again. (laughs) (laughs) To be eating at him this whole entire time. (laughs) Uh, Who would Jessica Rabbit be if she was a person? Maybe, eh, Maybe Margot Robbie. I see that. Your red on. hair. Scarlett Johansson has no, no, no red hair. Well, yeah, she does. That's that's not like the only 
It's not the oh, only no. criteria for me for me to cast someone as, as just gravity. No. See, you're just disagreeing with me at this point. <laughs> no, because I don't think all right, look, if I'm gonna cast a human Jessica Rabbit, I'm gonna as sexist as it sounds, I'm gonna pick someone that's a little bit more top heavy. I don't and think you think Margot Robbie's I don't a person? think Emma I think she's more than Emma Stone. But you think she's more than Scarlett Johansson? Nah, okay, maybe not. But I don't think like You're an animal. When I yes. don't <laughs> I don't I don't think Scarlett Johansson I could see Scarlett Johansson doing a voice for for a new Jessica Rabbit if for some reason they they couldn't get uh what was it like Kathleen oh, I can't remember I can't remember who was it voice Jessica Rabbit but uh anyways somewhere on my notes it's written down but uh, <clears throat> I can see her doing a voice for Jessica Rabbit, but I just I just don't think she'd make a good Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I would uh, cast as Jessica Rabbit. Liv Tyler. No. Okay, I just threw <laughs> the name out there. <laughs> Hmm. Maybe. Mm, I could see that. I, I think. Put your fingers. In I th- shape, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I think of I think of Sin City, and I'm like, oh, Jessica Alba from Sin City. She does not have the. Uh, she does not have quite the look for a Jessica Rabbit, though. Uh, lady from. Um... Pottersville. Oh, oh, hey, there's my choice. Christina Hendricks. There we go. Christina Hendricks is a Jessica Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) That spider came back. The white spider. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Uh, Yeah, okay. Christina Hendricks, actually, that... I, I feel horrible for not thinking of that myself, especially since I just wrapped up Good Girls. But she would be the perfect Jessica Rabbit. She actually kind of, like, look. She has the figure of a Jessica Rabbit. I'm not going to lie. Taking in this into a weird place. Yeah, this is deep. I do like when he shows up at the bar. He's talking. He uh, knocks on the door and he, he sees the gorilla. I don't know where the gorilla's from. I don't know. If... I thought those were a little racist. Why? Later on in the scene. What he says, Ooga Booga? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> so you're so you're assuming that the gorilla is black? Yes. Why are you assuming he's black? Because he's a gorilla? And because it's a black gorilla with a black voice. <laughs> that makes you he even racist. called him a chimp. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't think that's a, I don't think that, that could be construed as a racial slur if you were calling a black person a chimp, (laughs) but I think (laughs) if you are confronted by a large gorilla 
regardless of what race you might think that gorilla is, I think it's a perfectly legitimate insult to be like, watch it, chimp, when you're talking to a gorilla and you're trying to put him down. It'd be like if I got in in a fight <laughs> with a Rottweiler and I knocked the Rottweiler down and I said, yeah, take that, you little chihuahua. It would be more emasculating because you're calling this big dog a little dog. He's calling this big gorilla a little monkey or chimpanzee or I don't know what the difference is between any of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I don't necessarily assume that the gorilla is necessarily black or African American. I think he's just a large gorilla in a tuxedo. But you think of anything a gorilla's ever played is in a cartoon, it's black. <laughs> Tarzan? They're black gorillas. (laughs) Well, gorillas by nature do have black fur. But they have black voices. Not always. Not always. There's got to be a gorilla out there that's not a black voice. I guess. Um, Circus didn't play a gorilla. No. Tim. But the the orangutan was a black voice. Yes. That was symbolism <laughs> at its finest because it was the laziest one. <laughs> oh, I wasn't it wasn't one of the gorillas in the Disney Tarzan voiced by Rosie O'Donnell. You don't get any wider than that. She's racist. <laughs> I don't think Rosie O'Donnell's racist. Yeah. Roseanne is racist. They're the same person. They're not the same. That's racist. You're saying all all heavy white women on Whoa. TV are are the same people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying they look alike. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. If was, Rosie O'Donnell was in Roseanne. I would be able to tell the difference. <laughs> uh, I watched a movie once called Exit to Eden. It starred Rosie O'Donnell and Dan Aykroyd. And I watched it when I was a teenager because it was full of naked people. <laughs> no shame in that. <laughs> it was a time when the internet was slow. <laughs> Streaming things weren't a thing. <laughs> Anyways, this movie, Exit to Eden, had a bunch of naked people, Dan Aykroyd and Rosie O'Donnell. And Rosie O'Donnell spent most of the movie in a weird leather dominatrix outfit. And it was... The weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was a terrible movie. Even with all the naked people, it's still a terrible movie. Listen, it's like, ah, gross. Rosie O'Donnell is a dominatrix. Who thought that was a good idea? (laughs) Who? I want to meet that person so that I can just slap them. (laughs) Say punch them, but I hit like a girl. And I can't say that because it's in politically incorrect. <laughs> Anyways. Where the hell were we? Uh, we're at Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, we're at Jessica Keyhole. Oh, yeah. He, he snaps the pictures of them playing patty cake. I love the, I love the patty cake. <laughs> you don't see them. 
until you see the pictures. Right. <laughs> but like it sounds very dirty. Yeah. It's like the dirtiest patty cake of your life. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that uh, the Acme is hitting up Jessica Rabbit for some sort of dirty for <laughs> like uh, some dirty play with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a game of patty cake. Oh man. So the uh <clears throat> Uh. <laughs> oh, I skipped a page. It's okay. No. All right. Anyways, they uh they go and where did the page go? Yeah. Anyways, he goes and shows the pictures to he gives them to Maroon who shows them to Roger and Roger freaks out and he, <laughs> I love the I love that Roger's like it's just so sad over bad kid. <laughs> Uh, Maroon's like, here, take a drink of this. It'll help you. <laughs> like, gives him some scotch or bourbon. I think it's bourbon. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger takes a drink of it and has like a very bad reaction to it. <laughs> he, he like he starts shaking and he he almost explodes. He turns into a a fire whistle, and ultimately he runs out the window. And I love the the Roger Rabbit shape. <laughs> and he, he put, pulls the blinds <laughs> up and. <laughs> Uh, it's that attention to detail. It's that attention to detail that they're like, yeah, cartoons are always leaving <laughs> leaving holes in the shape of their bodies. Right, yep. uh, so Eddie, he goes back to his shot. He goes back to his office. He's going through some old photos. You get a little bit of a history of his brother, some newspaper clippings. Goofy has been cleared of being a spy. Uh, they've solved kidnappings. They have, they have pictures. Of them. I think they have pictures of themselves being silly and all that fun stuff. Then we meet Lieutenant Santino, who is the police officer or the, the sheriff or, well, I guess he's the lieutenant. He He's upset that Eddie took the pictures. He mentions that, like, that uh, he would have been happy to help Eddie out if he needed some money. It's like the idea that they go back so far, but they, they've kind of, like, like, over the years they've drifted apart, but he he still consider himself... Or, or close enough to to be willing to help out his his fellow detective. Right. He lets him know that uh, Marvin Acme has been killed, and it was all Roger's doing. Hence the title, "Who Framed Roger Rabbit?" Because of course, Roger wouldn't do such a thing. They go to Toontown, and you meet Yosemite Sam for a brief second. Like all the cameos are just like super brief, really, when you get right down to it. And there's right. no like super long pieces with with the cartoon characters. I love the Yosemite Sam. I still quote that whenever we make biscuits or something in the <laughs> My biscuits are burning. <laughs> whenever we make like crescent rolls or biscuits at home, like I'll open up the I'll open up the oven and be like, My biscuits are burning. Oh, I'm a I'm a I'm a Yosemite Sam fan though. You a Yosemite Sam fan? No. No? Because he wasn't your time or he's just not a character you like? Just not a character I like. Okay, fair enough. When I was a kid, back in the days of the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) There was a game that I used to rent from Corner Video. And it was Looney Tunes B-Ball. If I remember correctly, it was two-on-two basketball, street style, and it was Looney Tunes. 
and you could pick from a roster of care uh, a roster of Looney Tunes, and you play against other Looney Tunes, of course. Mm-hmm. And you could be Bugs Bunny and Daffy, and they was all pre Space Jam. Yes, actually, I believe it was. Really? I think it was, and it was surprise like. Uh, I don't know if it would hold up today, but I remember playing it a lot and thinking it was pretty good. I was also pretty young, so <laughs> who knows? Right. But like each character had like their own special abilities and their own, like every character was had their own stats. And uh, I'm pretty sure Yosemite Sam was in there, and one of his abilities was he would pull guns out and make, and in order to steal the ball. He'd pull guns out and then make the make the other team dance. <laughs> oh. That would be fun. Oh god, that was such a fun game. Like I said, I don't know if I don't know if it's if it was genuinely a good game or if I just thought it was a good game because I was a kid and it was Looney Tunes. But uh, yeah, we got Yosemite Sam. Go to the crime scene. All the all the cops and detectives are playing with all the tune gadgets and toys and mm-hmm. stuff. There's a safe in the middle of the floor with a chalk outline. <laughs> the classic chalk outline. <laughs> <clears throat> actually, this scene actually does set up quite a bit for the later on. Like you get the black hole thing that sticks to the wall that that Eddie uses later on. The there's a mallet with a, a boxing glove in it that mm-hmm. you that you see that Eddie uses later on as well. They're they're taking paint samples from the rope and they're like, yeah, it's yellow paint. It's gonna match Roger's gloves or something like that. Yeah, yeah. This is where we meet uh, Doom, Judge Doom, for the first time. And because uh, Eddie's, uh, they're carting away Acme and he drops the, he drops his joy buzzer or his hand buzzer. And so Eddie's picking it up and, and Judge Doom like gets him and it's like, is this man trying to steal something from our, <laughs> from the crime with evidence? Oh man, that is like, such a good introduction to him, though. He's like such a. He is. He's probably consistently in my top five villains list of all time. I would. I might even put him at number one. He is such a menacing, scary figure. And when I and and when I think of the idea going back to Eddie Murphy, I don't think that at that time. Eddie Murphy could have done scary. Do you think Eddie Murphy can? I don't even know. Can Eddie Murphy do scary now even? No. Okay. See, like, so, there's just something about. But at (laughs) the same time, like, I don't see Chris Rock doing scary. True. But he's getting ready to do this new Saw movie. Really? Chris Rock's doing a Saw movie? Him and Sam Jackson. That's weird. It's like a new, like, (laughs) spinoff saga. Okay. It looks, I mean, looks decent. Eh, okay. But I, I have not watched a Saw movie since the first one. I think I might have watched part of the second one. I don't second, know what number they're on now. third, and fourth, and fifth. Yeah? No, second, third, fourth, and fifth. <laughs> there was like eight. Uh, I was so disappointed with the first one that I was like, I'm, yeah, the first one was <laughs> I can't do this anymore. The Like, the big, the big twist. I was like, yeah, okay. Oh, that's good. I'm fine with that. But I just thought the rest of it was kind of like... The second, third, and fourth all set up pretty well with each other. Well, second, up in the second till five, 
were like all intertwined really well. I mean, right. the first one was kind of a little bit, but not as much as. Oh, sorry, <laughs> the first one was kind of a little bit um, intertwined with the rest of the movies, but those middle ones were okay. Like it was almost like back leading back to back to back. What was the most? Wasn't there was there one like the most recent one was that just called Jigsaw? Yes. Okay. And that was that a was that a reboot? Or was it just or was it another sequel? It was just another sequel. Okay. But I, they didn't put a number behind it. So it confused right. me. <laughs> yeah. Or was it a prequel? Was it like was it like a jigsaw origin story? No. Because, I mean, the fifth one kind of went through how he became Jigsaw. Okay. Jigsaw was more of like a what he left after, like his plans after he passed. Okay. All right. Okay. I think, anyways, back to Eddie Murphy. I think, I think he could, I think he might be able to do Scary today. I don't think in the 80s he could have done Scary. I don't know if he could do scary today either. No, personally. Hmm. Okay. I don't think he would want to do scary, anyways. And I think, and I think he, I, based on the headlines to the articles that I didn't read, mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded like he passed it up. So maybe he didn't want to be scary. Right. We meet Judge Doom. We meet the Weasels, and we get our first sign. The first uh, viewing of the dip. This part terrified me when I was a kid. The, the, it was pretty morbid. The police knock over a box and like all these like little cartoon things pop out and like little shoes are jumping around. And the the Judge Doom's like he picks up one of the shoes and uh, Lieutenant Santino. He's uh, he's like, yeah, you know how we thought we know you. You know how you always thought you couldn't kill a tune. We found a way. <laughs> It was like turpentine and paint thinner or something. And God, he puts the rubber gloves on and you watch you watch him like slowly slowly dipping the shoe into it and it's screaming from mm-hmm. and oh. like a muffled scream. Yeah. And then like he walks up to Eddie with his hand, like his glove's still on and it's red. And it's like, oh God. Right. Like, I mean, it was a red shoe, but you know. Red just, yeah, just a, oh, man, such a such a memorable moment, though. But it did terrify me as a kid. And when we get to the end, like that last 20 minutes, mm-hmm. there is a scene that, like, absolutely gave me nightmares <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, all right, so uh, after they're done at the, after they're done at the crime scene, he goes back to his office Meets with baby Herman. He's worried because this lady is lighting a lighter and she <laughs> looks like she's going to light the baby on fire. No, it's baby Herman. He's like 50 years old with a third, <laughs> with a three-year-old doodle. <laughs> <laughs> he tells him Roger can't, Roger has to be innocent. They go back way back and they're good friends and he just knows that Roger wouldn't do such a thing no matter what. Also explains that Acme's will is missing and that's probably the reason he was killed, because his will was supposedly going to leave Toontown to all the tunes. Eddie doesn't really pay any attention to this. <laughs> like, 
Like, I don't know if Baby Herman, I don't know if you could do Baby Herman these days either. Probably he's, not. He's a, he's a cigar smoking baby, and he's he's not very nice to his lady friend mm. or whatever the lady is that's with him. He's like slapping her on the ass and like calling her toots. <laughs> anyway, someone's trying to keep tunes, keep Toontown out of the hands of the tunes, and that's why he was killed. And then uh, Eddie, he's looking through some pictures. He just happens, he just so happens to see that the will was in Acme's pocket, and so maybe Baby Herman was onto something. Like uh, I think they call this a Murphy bed. He pulls the bed off the wall. It looks like a set of filing oh, cabinets, yeah, yeah. and he pulls the bed off the wall, and <laughs> and there's something under the sheets. And so he lays down, and and sure enough, there's Roger hiding out in his office. This is actually probably the first real scene where you see a lot of interaction between human and cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Roger's all over the room. He's jumping on the bed. He's knocking things over, and... And, uh, you know, to go back to my point earlier, everything he's touching is moving. Like, the bed's bouncing up and down. Everything everything that he's touching, like, he's just, even the even a little bit later, the water that he's in, he's spitting water out of his mouth. I was like, how do they do that? But I don't want to know. <laughs> he, he tells Eddie that he didn't do it. And all tunes know that when you're in trouble, you go to Eddie Valiant and his brother. Apparently he doesn't know that his brother was right. killed, which he uh, you know, later finds out. Eddie Eddie's not wanting to do it, so Roger just makes a scene and leaves. But he accidentally goes into the closet, and when Eddie goes to get him, Roger thinks he's being funny and handcuffs him. <laughs> he's like Eddie Valent, you're under you're under arrest. Of course, there's no keys to these cuffs because that wouldn't make a good. Naturally. <laughs> So now we have the weasels, and the weasels are all. The weasels show up and <laughs> they literally shoot the door down. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> uh, I love this part. The weasels are just destroying his apartment or his office, whatever you want to call it. Well, <laughs> Eddie's. Eddie's pretending to do the laundry because apparently back in the 50s and the late 40s, you did your laundry in your kitchen sink. And uh, I do that now. Do you really? No. I was like, you guys have a really nice washer dryer. <laughs> Why are you doing your laundry in the sink? But uh, <laughs> I love it. The weasel goes up to him and he splashes the water. Ah, that that moment just always, I don't know what it is about that particular moment, but when he splashes the water, I'm always like, that is amazing. (laughs) The cartoon splashed water. (laughs) Uh, But he manages, of course, Roger is in the sink, and there's a part where Roger sticks his head out, and he's like squirting water out of his mouth, and, uh, you know, almost getting caught. But they managed to keep him under wraps, and the weasels, and the weasels make their break. Maybe they used a squirt gun. Probably, maybe. Probably. Someone was in there with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make that sound again. It's horrible. Stop it. 
<laughs> oh, man. So the weasels, they leave, but they know Eddie's up to something. Eddie goes to Eddie goes to the bar. This is back in the days. There's like that little, there's a, there's a little hidden room that Dolores, I like. Speakeasy. Yeah. It's a, oh, it's a speakeasy. Ah. You know what a speakeasy was? Yes. You watch enough older, you You've seen, uh, you've seen probably enough old timey mobster movies, yeah. you know. That's uh, yeah, I actually reenacted one in my sophomore year. Well, maybe junior year, but like we had to know, like the day before, our teacher, Mister Martin, mm-hmm. said, told us the secret word, and we had to remember it. <laughs> through the next day otherwise we could not get in <laughs> but uh like everyone remembered it we had like it was it was supposed to be like during prohibition and all that. <laughs> but uh so we had like pop and snacks wow. and kind of just hung out that day <laughs> yeah pretty good day well, that sounds like a good day yeah. when i was in the third grade my third grade teacher wanted to teach us all about racism. She gave us all, she gave half the class stickers. She said, okay, class, all the sticker people, you all like each other. You do not, you don't like anybody without a sticker. And so the sticker people were all horribly mean <laughs> and wouldn't play with any of us non-sticker people. Mm-hmm. And then like halfway through the day, we all we all switched, so like all the non-sticker people became sticker people, and vice versa. And I'm, I'm like, I still think of that. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't think that could be done today. <laughs> <laughs> Were the non-sticker people people of color? No, because it was Minden, Nebraska. Oh. We didn't have any people of color back then. <laughs> so you had these stickers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh man. Ah, third grade. What a time. What a time back in nineteen ninety three. Just a, a few years alive. after this movie was made. Oh, right. They're hiding they're hiding Lord. him in the back. <laughs> they're hiding Roger in the back and uh and they're uh Eddie's gonna Eddie's gonna cut the cut the cuffs off and Roger slides his hand out so he can hold it <laughs> hold it steady mm-hmm. and and uh, when he realizes, you know, Eddie's Eddie's upset because <laughs> you could have done that the whole time. And Roger points out that no, he couldn't do it any time. He could only do it when it was funny. And I love the idea that tunes are bound by some sort of secret law or some sort of law of some physics, <laughs> some sort of code that just prevents them from doing certain things <laughs> at certain times. Right. Oh, he's crying. Ah. Ah, my eyes have been like watery and burning all day long. Jesus. Ah. Ah. Quick. Dump the sparkling water in his eyes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyways, Anyways, uh, Judge Doom shows up. No, this is actually before Judge Doom shows up. Because, uh, how can I just look at my notes? 
this one's gonna be rough. Oh, it's already rough. Look at this. We're already two forty-three. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> All right, so he goes back to his office, sees the Jessica Rabbit is there, and Bob Hoskins is a hairy, hairy man. He comes out with a shirt without a shirt on. He's like, she shows up when he's like taking a shower or something, or maybe he just takes his shirt off to go to the bathroom. I don't know, but he comes out and he's not, he doesn't have a shirt on, and boy, that man is hairy. And it's not like a fur coat, Harry. It's like weird patches of hair, like on his shoulders and then his arms. I... It's like a Slavic Harry. <laughs> I think that might be racist. Is it? I think it might. <laughs> if Ooga Booga is racist, <laughs> I think saying a Slavic Harry might be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, Jessica's there. And she's telling him that, uh, <laughs> uh, that Jessica helped set up Valiant, and it was all it was all part of some sort of plot. He was the patty cake was posed and set up in order to blackmail Maroon or uh, blackmail Acme because Maroon wanted to blackmail Acme, but we don't know why yet. All right, and we find out that uh, we also find out that Cloverleaf is going to get Toontown if Acme's will isn't produced by midnight. And uh, Dolores shows up and <laughs> shows up and catches uh, catches Eddie with his pants down, literally. <laughs> One of my favorite things is he he bends down to pull his pants back up, and when he comes up. His head hits Jessica's breast. <laughs> like they make this weird like sound. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's that attention to detail. <laughs> oh. They're just like half full. Oh, <laughs> uh, so she leaves and uh and Dolores is of course upset. Because, well, because she caught him with his pants down with a very sexy, voluptuous tune. Did you think Jessica Rabbit was attractive? If you were a tune, do you think she was attractive? Because I'm not a cartoon, I'm a grown man. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to play it safe and say no. (laughs) (laughs) But, live action Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. As a... What's her name? Christina Hendricks? Yeah. Yeah. It's a different story. <laughs> Still pleading the fifth, but. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, to go back to the bar, Roger is is making everybody laugh. He's smashing plates. He's doing song and dance. And, of course, <laughs> I always like this part where he, uh, he, He's he's singing a song and it gets to this point where the song says that he doesn't feel any pain, so he's smashing the plates over his head and there's a skip in it, so he just keeps smashing <laughs> the plates. And I love the look on Dolores's face because like they get there, and she's kind of like, "Yeah, this is actually pretty cool," and she's she's kind of like enjoying the show until he starts smashing like the third or fourth plate, 
And then like the look on her face is just it like just turns to like just somebody stop him. Right. <laughs> oh man. So they shove him back off into the room. Judge Doom shows up. He's like going through the bar. He's he's doing all these things to make sure, you know, to try to to try to get you know, Roger to come back to show up or show his face. Flush him out. Yeah, flush him out. That's the words. Them's the words, boss. Them's the words. <laughs> Anyways, he's like scratching on the he's he's uh, scratching on the chalkboard, and then eventually, you oh right as he's scratching on the chalkboard, uh, Roger's teeth are grinding and chattering, and then I hated that scene. It was so loud. <laughs> and then he gets to I I still actually quote this part from time to time. When he, he's doing shaving a haircut throughout the bar, and he's like, Toons can't resist shaving a haircut. And and Roger's just sitting there, and he's like really trying very hard not to say two bits. But of course, he can't help himself. He busts through the wall, shows himself, and Doom finally has himself a rabbit. And he's going to dip him. There's a part here that this is one of those moments where the animation doesn't quite line up with with uh, the action of the physical prop. Mm. Judge Doom hits one of the weasels, and the weasel goes flying and lands on a table and breaks the table. But he hits the table, and then there's like just a split second before the table breaks. And it's like, oh. You guys were just just a hair off. Just a hair. But otherwise, still very good. Anyways, he's got Roger. Calls for a can of dip because he wants to do some justice. And uh, <laughs> I was going to say, how cool would it be if Christopher Lloyd was a... <laughs> Was a Batman villain, oh. but I think he was. Wasn't he Mister? F- no, he wasn't Mister Freeze. Was Arnold was Arnie. That's right. I always thought Christopher Lloyd would make a, a good Mister Freeze. I guess I wanted it so much that for a moment I thought it was true. How awesome would that be, though? You think he'd be a good Mister Freeze? No. You don't think he'd be a good? Mi- Arnie wasn't a good Mister Freeze. Well, true. But the one whoever played the animated character, yeah, Golden. Okay. We'll find out who that was. All right, you do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pressing forward because we're at almost three hours. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it's okay. This is the way. It's the way it must be. <laughs> is it? Yes. <laughs> it's why we only do this once a month. <laughs> He's about to dip Roger, but Eddie. Eddie says, "Eh, hey, give the give the rabbit a drink." This is one of my favorite parts too, because he's he's handing Roger the drink, and Roger doesn't want to do it, so they're going back and forth. Oh, I don't want it. You do want it. I don't. You do. And then, of course, they do the classic uh, reverse psychology. You don't want it. <laughs> I do. I don't like how Roger drinks it though. He just like throws the cup into his mouth. It's like it's He's like the professional. It's like the lady in uh Gerald's game when she's trying to drink the water. Oh. 
with her gimp hand. Oh, can you say gimp? I don't think you can say gimp. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh man! So anyway, oh. what? Ron Perlman was in Batman the animated series. <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he had to play Clayface because look at his face. <laughs> that makes me want to throw up. Oh, <clears throat> no! It makes me want to throw up when you don't talk into the mic. I was talking. No, your face is like aimed down. Well, I'm looking up important information. Well, so hold your screen higher. And also finding out devastating information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, he drinks the bourbon, shatters every bottle and glass in the building. Eddie tips over the dip, saves Roger, beats the crap out of the weasels, and they make a run for it, and they meet... Benny the Cab, and this is like one of my all-time favorite chase scenes, it was with Benny the Cab. That was a good scene. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's just a he's just a wise talking cab, and I don't. And again, that's another character. I don't know if he's a if he's a Roger Rabbit character or if he's a, a Warner Brothers or Disney character. He certainly doesn't seem like he would have been a Disney character. I thought it was like Herbie. Oh, and I was like, hmm. I guess not. <laughs> I, I, I like that Roger is just so, he's like so excited to see Benny. <laughs> like they get in like the weasel's car. Benny. <laughs> he's like, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they escape with Benny and they're doing all sorts of crazy things and they go and they hide out in the theater. I do like this part where uh, Roger is admiring the work of Goofy. Like, oh, Goofy's the great. He's he's got the best timing and he's so great at what he does. And he and this is where we find out that Eddie's brother was killed by a tune. And he this is where you actually get the story of Eddie's brother. They were they were chasing some bank robbers or something and and they chased him and all of a sudden the piano fell on fell on their heads and he he made it out with minor injuries, but his brother wasn't so lucky. And of course, Roger is very upset by this news. And he's like, oh, no wonder you hate me. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> it's like one of my, also another, yet another one of my favorite lines is, is, oh, of course you hate me. That's why you yanked my, if you didn't hate me, you wouldn't have yanked my ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like you find out that Maroon, Maroon sold out his lot to, Cloverleaf, and that is the connection between Maroon and Cloverleaf, and Cloverleaf has obviously is obviously going to get Toontown as well, as we learned from Jessica earlier. So they're gonna go visit Maroon, and Roger goes missing in the most classic fashion, <laughs> knocked out with a frying pan. Which honestly, now that I think about it. Why did Je- Jessica says later on that she knocked him out with the front and she knocked him out and put him in the trunk so that he wouldn't get hurt. But he would have been so excited to see Jessica. Right. <laughs> she could have just taken him. <laughs> she didn't have to knock him out. But she's a cold member, Jim. 
Fair enough. All right, so then you find out that Maroon wanted to sell the studio, but Cloverleaf wouldn't buy it unless Acme sold Toontown. Maroon then wanted to blackmail Acme into selling, and Toontown is now in danger because that will is still missing, as is the case in every movie where crucial information is being given out. The guy giving out the information has to be murdered before you can get the full story. And so, he's murdered by a very long-barreled gun. (laughs) And of course, Eddie thinks it's uh, Jessica because he looks out the window and he sees Jessica running away, and we all know that Jessica... I thought it was Jessica too. Yeah, that was Jessica too. Okay. So at that, so up to you said earlier that you 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 had the framing figured out pretty early on. So did that? Did that? Did you assume that it was Judge Doom up until that moment, and then think it was Jessica? Yes. Okay. So then, was your mind blown when you found out that it was Judge Doom? No. No. Fair enough. <laughs> like my mind don't get blown that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I sound like that? <sighs> All right, let's get on with this. let's get on with this. <laughs> if anybody is still listening, <laughs> I should put the secret in the secret word in right now. Hey everyone, it's that time yet again. That's right, time for that secret word. And this week's secret word is doom. D-O-O-M. That's right. Doom. Put that in your topics list, send it our way to offalldayatoutlook.com, at Outlook.com, and win yourself a truly epic prize. Enjoy the rest of the show. See that? I just put this in your word in. That I hope, means if I hope somebody... You get outside. <laughs> the sun is rising. <laughs> Oh, man, someone's going to have to listen long and hard to get to that secret word this week. Uh, I'm going to make sure this prize is, like, excellent. Excellent. It's going to have been the notes for this movie. <sighs> well, I didn't write them on index cards. They can have my predictions. I'll give them a matador my failed, wrapper. My failed predictions. Or two matador wrappers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll send you some trash, folks. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> oh, man. All righty, so anyways. I love how we both promised our wives that we'd be back at a decent time. Uh, I did not promise my wife anything. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that I assumed Mac had plans because he wanted to record early. Those plans are now <laughs> void. <laughs> When we started this, you said, no, I just wanted to record early. I didn't have plans. I didn't have plans. Okay, see? So we were just going to watch General Hospital. (laughs) No big deal. I apologize for your missing of a soap opera. You can watch it later anyways. You could. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Uh, You guys, guys, it's a show that's on every day, right? So do you watch it every day or do you like let a few build up and then binge a few at a time? Watched every day. That's insane. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I wanted to know. (laughs) 
useless is that information? <laughs> because someday, if you happen to get kidnapped, and the kidnappers call me and say, I will only let Mac go if you can tell me how often he watches General Hospital. If you can't tell me how often he watches General Hospital, I'm going to start breaking fingers. I'm like, every other day. It's every day. It's every day. I swear. He doesn't let him add up. He does it every day. And you're going to be thankful that you still have all your fingers intact because you told me that you watch it every day. Mostly cut him off, anyways. I would be very upset. (laughs) Not near as upset as you. Because I, I would have at least tried to save you, or at least tried to save your fingers. <laughs> okay, so anyways, you're supposed to think it's Jessica who killed who killed Maroon. And uh, Eddie, he's going to go to Toontown, but he's not going to go to Toontown Without being properly armed, he goes and he finds a cartoon gun with some, I don't know if they're racist bullets. I thought they were Hispanic. The uh, Well, the cowboy bullets aren't racist. It's the Native American bullet, though. <laughs> he pulls out, like he pours out his alcohol and throws it in the air, and he shoots a bullet, and ah. it's Native American, and it gets to the bottle, <laughs> And it pulls out a tomahawk <laughs> and smashes the bottle. Oh my god! <laughs> and it even has like these death throws. <laughs> yeah. So, so I wasn't entirely sure if that, if that was a racist thing or not. I don't know if you could still get away with that. All right. So he goes into Toontown. The entrance into Toontown is one of the greatest moments in the world. Like, just when everything just stops being real, the the buildings are even, like, alive. They even have faces. He gets into a skyscraper, and he meets, he thinks he finds Jessica Rabbit, but it turns out it's just, uh, I think, I think her name is Mina Hyena. Yes. And, <laughs> like, that's a character that... I don't think Mina Hyena really ages particularly well either. Probably not. Uh, she's, you think it's Jessica. She <laughs> Then you see she's like missing a bunch of teeth and she's like crudely drawn and she's just so excited to see a man. So <laughs> do you need a Kleenex? No. I'm just... <laughs> she's going to sit there and sniff into the mic. Yes. <laughs> So she's just so excited to see a man, and she's chasing him through Toontown. As he's running from her, he finds himself on the outside of the skyscraper way high up, and he's falling down, and... Uh, Even has time to snatch his hat. <laughs> yes, yes, in, very, in true cartoon fashion. He, he, he stands in midair for just a second, realizes he's going to fall, and then falls and reaches up to get his hat. Such a good ah, it's just such a good moment too. Every moment of this movie is just pure joy. We've gone through all of them. <laughs> Getting there. <clears throat> Anyways, he's fallen. He's fallen through the sky. We meet uh, meet Tweety Bird. He 
He grabs hold of like a, a flag uh, flagpole sticking off the side of the off the side of the building, and Tweety Bird shows up and starts knocking off his his pities. <laughs> <laughs> starts knocking off his fingers, and I love the idea. Like Eddie, Eddie's like trying to bargain with him. He's like, "No, Tweety, don't do it, <laughs> Tweety, no." <laughs> So like you get the sense that they they kind of go back, but Tweety Bird's just kind of a dick. He's not even listening. Right? <laughs> he's just like, nope. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> oh man! Then we meet uh, as he's falling. We meet Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. Look at that. We're on note seven, page seven. <laughs> page seven. Yeah, Mickey and Bugs. They show up and they're equipped with. Uh, uh, they're equipped with. Those things that keep people parachutes. Equipped with, <laughs> they're equipped with parachutes, and of course, Bugs Bunny has a spare, but he doesn't think that uh, he doesn't think Eddie really wants that spare. But he gives it to him, and it turns out just to be a spare tire, <laughs> which which is also properly labeled Acme on the side of it as well. Mm-hmm. This is about the time that uh, you find out that uh, oh, he has a run in with Jessica. Thinks that Jessica's going to kill him, but she actually saved his life because Doom was the one behind everything. And, of course, Doom's running around the dark alleys like a madman. And and this is where you see, uh, this is that moment I was talking about. He had the, he had the cartoon gun. He fires it. And the bullets, they get confused. <laughs> and, and Which way did he go? And turn the wrong direction instead of... Instead of chasing after Doom, it's like, oh, they're dum-dums. This is the part where I mentioned earlier, he, he's actually holding a, a, somebody had, had to have made a prop gun for that, just that brief, itty-bitty second. Mm-hmm. It's like, you guys couldn't have animated a gun for like a split second, but that's okay. I wonder where all those props went. They're probably just like, I'm sure none of them exist anymore. You never know. But... Like twenty years from now, it's like some sort like there'll be like some sort of vault or some sort of collector will have passed away and you'll find out that he had like all the props from Roger Rabbit. Right. <clears throat> oh. Anyways, uh so now that they know Doom is the <laughs> Now that they know Doom is behind it all, they uh they go chase him down with the help of Benny. Also, uh, also you find out that Roger or uh, they they have to take Benny because Eddie's car has been stolen, and Jessica says, "Well, it's probably Roger, and he's not a good driver." So they they enlist the help of Benny. I feel kind of bad for Benny here. They they're like driving along, and they get outside of Toontown, and and Judge Doom just like. Like he pours dip all over the streets and just are you are you okay? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you look you just look like you're having like you're gonna you look like a tree about ready to tip over. Oh, it's how the sniffles. Oh, okay. Well, you I'm not gonna lie, you, you sniffle funny. You look like a tree that's about ready to tip over. But I look like uh What's the thing from Sesame Street? 
Snuffleupagus? No, you don't look like Snuffleupagus. I don't think because you don't have a trunk. <laughs> That's one thing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> if you had a trunk, if you had a trunk, I'd, I'd be lost. I'd be like, oh my God, Snuffy. <laughs> hey, guys. Mm, uh, not the best, Snuffy. <laughs> anyways, anyways, Doom captures them and then. And then they're uh, the weasels are are searching are searching Eddie and Jessica. Here we go trying to they're trying to get the will. And my favorite joke of the whole movie, the booby trap joke that I don't think you could get around get away with today. The weasels are the weasels are searching Jessica, and one of them reaches right down in the front of her dress and pulls out a bear trap on his hand. <laughs> And Eddie just leans over and he's like, nice booby trap. <laughs> the classic. Oh, uh, <clears throat> Roger shows up. He's going to save the day. They drop a ton of bricks on him. And uh, and now it's up to Eddie to save the day because, because now Roger and Jessica, they are, they get captured. I don't know why they did, why didn't they, like they tied up. Roger and Jessica, and then hung them from a like a, a a crane or something. Why didn't they tie up Eddie at the same time? <laughs> I didn't make the movie. <laughs> it just didn't make sense. Like it's like you're capturing one of them, you're capturing two of them. Why not capture the third one? It just seems like it'd make more sense. <clears throat> All right. So, anyways, you find out that. Uh, Doom is going to destroy Toontown because he wants to build a freeway. And of course, this is a time when freeways don't exist because it's 1947. And and uh, you find out that that's the whole reason Cloverleaf bought the red car, so they could dismantle it. And Judge Doom is the sole... Uh, sto- ah, good Lord, the sole shareholder of Cloverleaf... And he's got this giant menacing truck full of dip that he's just gonna he's just gonna bust through this wall into Toontown and just hose the whole place down and just kill everything. But not before he murders Jessica and Robert Robert. <laughs> he's, he's gonna kill Jessica and Robert. <laughs> he's gonna kill Jessica and Roger and uh and then he's gonna kill Eddie. Which is kind of a mistake. You should kill Eddie first. <laughs> Clearly, if you want, if you want to survive, <laughs> kill the guy <laughs> that's not tied up before he becomes a problem. Ah, classic villainy. Classic villainy. Anyways, uh, Doom. He he kind of he kind of escapes. He he trips on some eyeballs, like some like little plastic eyes, <laughs> and and he he when he stands up. He's holding his eye because something, something is up. And you know something's up. I don't know why. But it's just like, 
He's like very obviously hiding something because he's holding his eye. <laughs> so he runs off. And that's when he gives the order to murder Robert the rabbit. <laughs> and Jessica. And so now it's up to Eddie to save the day. He sings this song. I thought when he sings, I thought when it gets to the point where he sings the song, I was like, oh man, Max's going to hate this. He's going to think this is the dumbest thing in the world. Did yeah. you think it was okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I watched it. <laughs> uh, the song is not my absolute favorite part, but makes me I it does make me laugh when all the when all the weasels start dying mm-hmm. because throughout the entire movie doom and the the lead weasel keeps telling everyone all the other weasels that if they don't stop laughing one of these days they're gonna they're die dying. laughing <laughs> ah man I that's another thing that I quote from this movie <laughs> quote quite a bit so many things of this movie have just stuck with me over the years you're gonna die laughing anyways <sighs> my weasel like my weasel no <laughs> don't ever say that again <laughs> anyway it is the last page of notes so anyways <laughs> i was like i was like it's got to be the end <laughs> we're in the last 20 minutes <laughs> anyway start singing a song doing all sorts of crazy things making the weasels laugh and they're all dying and all the while the dip is like spraying, almost hitting Roger and Jessica, and then backing off, then almost hitting them, then backing off. And then once all the weasels are gone, Judge Doom shows up, and we find out, or uh, they're getting in, they get into a fight, and Judge Doom manages to get himself steamrolled. <laughs> Eddie picks up a giant. A giant barrel of glue. I kind of wish they would have animated the glue. I think that would have yeah. been a little more effective. But he uh, he defends himself with a big with a big barrel of glue, and then of course Judge Doom gets glue all over his hands and feet, and he he gets stuck to the steamroller. And I think this is one of the most terrifying moments ever in film history. This is like a thing that I don't know if this part would happen today in a family movie. Probably not. <laughs> because they show they show Doom getting smashed and flattened. <laughs> like all of it. I mean it's not like violent, it's not like gory or anything. But he's like he's literally getting smashed. <laughs> Once the steamroller's uh, over him though he stands up and he's all flat like a pancake. And that, that part, oh God, that just freaked me out when I was a kid. <laughs> it did. When I was a kid and I would watch this movie again, when that part show got there, I would look away. <laughs> and and you find out the Judge Doom is actually a tune. No! <laughs> Not only that, but he was the tune that killed Eddie's brother. He goes over to an air, uh, an air tank, and blows himself back up. I, I, I think that that's one of like one of the few parts that ages. It's probably the part that ages the absolute worst is when he's inflating himself, mm-hmm. because it just look like it just looks like a rubber. Right. It just looks bad. And, like his hat flies off for no apparent reason, and. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, he turns around and he's got the cartoon, the crazy cartoon eyes, and he stares daggers, like literal daggers, at uh, at Eddie, and that part always freaked me out when I was a kid too. Oh God, it's just it's me. The Willie's just thinking about it. Don't say that. <laughs> You don't like my weasel and you don't want my willies. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. So, has a fight with the tune version now. All the while, Roger and Jessica are still almost getting dipped and almost not getting dipped. And I, I think that goes on a bit long. <laughs> like, it's like, it's just like so back and forth. Just dip them. <laughs> I like Judge Doom has. The ability, like, he pulls his glove off, and he's got an anvil for a hand, and then it turns into a saw blade, and he's like... The Terminator. <laughs> yeah, he's like the Toon Terminator. Uh, literally, because he's going to terminate the tunes. It's <sighs> a good one. That's a good one. You just don't want to admit it because you're spiteful. No. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's gonna fight him with a sword, but it turns out to be Frank Sinatra. <laughs> the sword is just singing and not doing anything sword-like, and uh, so he gets a magnet. Oh, that's right, because because uh, Doom pulls out a sword or something, mm-hmm. and uh, he's gonna use the magnet, but the, that backfires on him and sticks him to like a metal barrel, and he uses the black hole from earlier and frees himself just before he can get. Is it before he gets, uh, is the steamroller coming to him for him? Is that what's happening? I can't remember now. I mean, my favorite movie. I can't remember this crucial (laughs) moment in the movie. Anyways, he's about to die, but he gets the black hole and saves himself from doom. It's a good pun, wasn't it? No? Saves himself from doom. God, Jesus. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Anyways, he runs up to this giant machine Opens up the uh, opens up some sort of emergency valve and pours out all the dip and kills Doom in the process. And Doom does like a very Wizard of Oz, Wicked Witch thing, and he's melting no! and he's melting and uh, <laughs> and that even that's kind of graphic too. And then like like as he's melting, he's just like ah. Uh, like in the in the high pitched voice that he uses, I don't know if the high pitched voice is, like I don't know if his tune voice, like because because when he says like remember when I killed your your brother and I talked just like this, I don't know if it was if they like dubbed it over with someone doing a cartoon <laughs> voice or if that was uh, Christopher Lloyd doing the doing just doing cool voice work. But anyways, I don't have the answer. Anyways, he melts and he's dead. Eddie opens up the fire hydrants because this warehouse is full of fire hydrants for some reason. <laughs> and it washes away all the dip and the contraption busts through the wall into Toontown and gets hit by a cartoon train. And everyone comes flooding in and he saves Roger and he lowers Roger and and Jessica. All the tunes come in. And I love Mickey Mouse runs up to this like, like this melted pile of goo. <laughs> and he's like, I wonder who he was. Like nobody like he's just this tune that just appeared somewhere and nobody knows where he came from or who he actually was. It's all misery. <laughs> and of course, everyone everyone's saying what he wasn't, you know, like uh 
he wasn't a mouse, he wasn't a rabbit, he wasn't a wolf. Uh, Sylvester says he wasn't a pussy. (laughs) 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 Which I had never caught before until this recent viewing. I was like, I think Sylvester just said he wasn't a pussy. (laughs) So I rewound it. (laughs) I was like, yes, Sylvester said he wasn't a pussy. (laughs) And they all... They all rejoice, and that's when the stain on Eddie's shirt reappears because it was disappearing, reappearing ink, which means that Acme was a dick. (laughs) (laughs) But also, it means that this love letter that I don't think I mentioned earlier, because that was like three hours ago, (laughs) and I don't remember if I mentioned it, but Roger had written a love letter on a nice clean sheet of paper to Jessica and it turns out that this love letter was actually the will written in disappearing reappearing ink and sure enough the tunes all have inherited toontown and they're all safe and that's the end of the movie there you go there you have it there you have it we hit all kinds of Weird, <laughs> weird topics. That is probably the longest single episode we have ever recorded. Yes. Uh, it was a good one, though. It was. I think it was a good one. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah, a hell of an editing session. It's going to take so long. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to take so long. <laughs> oh, man. Not not going to lie. I'm not looking... <laughs> I'm not really looking forward to that, but there are some pieces in there that must be removed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everyone, we're done. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, get your uh, get those topics list sent to offallday at outlook dot com. I buried that uh, (laughs) that secret word deep into this episode, so uh, if you Submit a topics list with the secret word. I will, you will get something very good. I don't know what it is. Max said, "Are you giving? Are you still giving away a pyramid? Something? Yes. <laughs> so that was a. It's a very weird look. Mac will send you a, a pyramid T-shirt, coffee mug, something. He'll send you a pyramid something." I will send you good vibes. I don't know. We'll send you something really good, though. I uh, let's see what, what what do we have? What do we have to send? You know what? I will send you. I will put this entire episode on CDs, not MP3 CDs, because like bank CDs. Yeah, well, like blank CDs, but like no, not blank bank. What the hell's a bank CD? You never heard of a CD at a oh, bank? Like a, oh, like a money CD? Good lord, man. You can't put audio on one of those things. That's ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. Stop being so ridiculous. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I will put this episode on as many CDs as it takes. And if, if I can find cassette tapes, I will put this on as many cassette okay. tapes Co-wa? as it takes. And I will mail those to you. You're getting you're getting a pyramid something or other from Mac, this and this episode on CDs, so you can 
listen to them in that CD player that's just collecting dust in your basement because no one's using CDs anymore. And really, why would you need them on a CD, I guess? But that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Um, we'll find something else to send you to. The, the prize for this has got to be epic. Anyway, send those topics lists to offalldaya at outlook.com. Find us on Twitter where it is at offallday. Find us on Instagram where it is at offalldaypodcast. Find our awesome website where it is www. That stands for World Wide Web. But you already knew that because you're all super smart. So it's www.again.com. Not www.again.com. It's double. You know what? It's awfulldaypodcast.com. And we will catch you next week with a presumably shorter episode of Off All Day. And if you made it this far, you are a true, true champion. And we love you all.